Sports and comedy fans, episode number two of season one is in the books, and you're listening to the SNL Post Game Show. Thanks for joining us, and there's just no way to sugarcoat this one. Coming off of a win in their first week, this was a rough game for the rookie season of the not-ready-for-prime-time players. This is your host, James Hauser, and I'll be taking you through all the action, or in this case, the lack of action, from tonight's game. If you could even call it a game, it was like in the middle of what was supposed to be a sketch comedy show, a concert broke out. Paul Simon was the host of this episode, and I get... He's a great friend of Lauren's, but Coach Michaels, I think, made the wrong call here. There was nine different songs performed. Nine, which is fine if you knew you were showing up for a concert, but people who came for some high-flying comedy action had to have left disappointed today. I mean, they just had to have been. The cast got more opportunities in the opening montage where they showed their picture than they did in any actual sketches. So we'll hear from you, the fan, later in the show, and... We'll give out our game awards, but for now, let's recap all the action, starting, as we always do, with the live sketches, and there wasn't many of them. As you know, on the SNL Post Game Show, we focus on the comedy here, and so we don't generally touch on the musical guests, and that's going to continue here today, so we, uh, we're not going to have much to talk about. There were very few live sketches. Uh, the first sketch of the show was graffiti, and this didn't even have a cast member in it. This was a, a topical sketch with Jerry Rubin, who was a former uh, yippie leader, essentially was a revolutionary uh, in the 60s and into the 70s. And this was supposed to be like a, a playoff of the fact that he's gone commercial, right? That he was always against, you know, sticking it. He, or he was actually for sticking it to the man, right? But now he's selling his graffiti wallpaper uh, to make it easier for people to put up, uh, you know, the type of messages that he likes to spread around. And so... Uh, not very funny. I mean, the guy is not a born actor. He's clearly reading off the cue cards, uh, you know, at one point going, well, isn't this out of sight? I mean, it's just not good. Where's the cast? You, you're going to put Jerry Rubin in the cold open and you're not going to have the cast out there? Coach Michaels, I don't, I don't know just what he was thinking today. In fact, uh, I... I I struggled to even call this next one a live sketch. I, I said this was a live sketch because we just had so few. So I'm stretching the definition here. But uh, the one thing that I actually did love, and by the way, I, I, I graded that graffiti sketch as a, uh, with a minus grade, was that they brought back the bees from episode one. And they said, okay, the bees didn't work, even though I thought they did. Coach Michaels didn't think they did. So we're going to bring him back and we're going to lean into a joke that didn't work. And personally, I love when comedians and shows do that. Like, oh, you thought this didn't work? We're going to give you even more now and lean into it. And then it becomes funny because of how much they're just not going to let it go. And so we can't even really call this a sketch, but the bees come out to Paul Simon, who says, oh, hey, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but the bees have been cut. Yeah. And. It didn't work last week, so we're not doing the B number. And this was the only time, the only time in the entire episode that the that the ensemble, the cast, the not ready for primetime players was on the stage. That was it. And only two of them got to say lines. So I, I gave both of them because I thought they made this work with their reactions. I gave both Danny and John bass hits. They both did good. I mean, Dan just with his, ah, shucks. 
But man, John's <laughs> anger, and maybe he was channeling his real frustration for not getting any airtime for the entire cast in this episode. The way after Paul says he got to go, he just gives this perfect, okay, okay, <laughs> like with his hands up as they back away. And uh, John saved that one. So he gets a save and they both get base hits. Uh, nice job for making the only live sketch that the cast was in work. And this is what makes it even more frustrating. The only other live sketch was Land of Gorch. They gave these Muppets, these ugly, disgusting, annoyingly voiced Muppets, not the cool Muppets that everybody loves with the iconic voices, but I don't know what Jim Henson was doing in 1975, but this just wasn't working. It was another terrible sketch from the land of Gorch. And then the fact that the Muppets got 500% more time on screen than the cast. And this was just a travesty. Uh, I, I graded this one as a minus as well. I mean, I just going to stick it in there going forward. However many of these are going to have land of Gorch in it. They're all getting minuses unless they really knock my socks off. If I could just take a stamp that said trash and just stamp it on this one. Uh, that's what I would do. Absolute trash. And so we're going to move straight on. We're already into the pre-recorded sketches. And there was two. Albert Brooks came back with another short film. Uh, and I, you know what? I like this one. I thought this one worked. It wasn't as good as The Impossible News or The Impossible Truth, rather. Uh, this was mostly focused on Albert you know, making some home videos and talking about how annoying his father was. But it started off with a great bit where his daughter came in and asked him some annoying questions and he kicked her out. And then the lights go off and some good slapstick comedy there uh, while they're arguing about getting the lights back on so they can go on with the thing. I think Albert generally is a great comedian. I think this type of format for him is probably the best suited for his humor. I, I think he wouldn't necessarily work. Maybe he could have been a writer on the show, but not as a cast member. I think this was perfectly suited. I wish that this had continued long. I don't know how long these Albert Brooks short films go on for. I guess we're going to see. But, uh, you know, I'm here for them. I thought this was a good one. I graded this one with a positive grade. Uh, and the uh, Pacemaker commercial was the other pre-recorded sketch. Not funny. It just... And again, random old people. I mean, take the cast and stick them in old people makeup. Give them an opportunity. It's only the second week of the season. You got to get these guys out there. You're trying to build this show. No one knows who most of these people are at this point. They had a strong first outing and you're going to just relegate them to walking out as bees for five seconds. So the pacemaker commercial, not funny. That gets a minus grade from me as well. And then we'll move on to the monologue, which is generally what we do next. And you know, there wasn't even really a monologue. Paul Simon just opened the show with a song. Now, look, Paul Simon's great. He's a great musician. I enjoy some of his music. It's just this is not what this show is supposed to be, a nine-song concert. And I get that maybe right now we're just starting out and trying to figure out you know, what things are going to be. But and, and this could have even come down. Maybe this came down from the owner and not the coach. Maybe this was an issue with NBC you know, overstepping their bounds. And But I just given how good of friends – Coach Michaels and, and Paul Simon are, I, I got to feel like this one's on Coach Michaels in this case. Um, if you can count the part where after the song, Chevy comes out and falls down, you know, totally. like a, I love his pratfalls, but just without context pratfall uh, from Chevy, I'm going to give this one a minus grade just, just for the total absence of it. 
So let's move on. Uh, we're ripping through this and uh, we're moving on to weekend update. Now, last week in week one, uh, weekend update got an even grade because they kind of split their jokes. Uh, some were good, some were bad, kind of right down the middle. So it just got a, it was a wash. But uh, I gave this one a positive grade today. I thought I thought this one was good. Uh, I thought Chevy was this was the first time he did that bit where he's talking on the phone with somebody beforehand. Uh, this one was good. The timing was good. The jokes were good. They're kind of putting in this running gag of uh, you know anytime something happens to Ford, whether it's him sticking his own thumb in his eye, that uh, <laughs> the Secret Service agents uh, seized the thumb and wrestled it to the ground, and uh, you know. I, Ford was a clumsy guy and apparently, you know, was getting into accidents all the time. And so uh, they're going to lean into this. And I think it's funny. He had six jokes from the update desk. Uh, I gave him a plus on four of them. So overall, a positive grade uh, on the anchor jokes. Uh, So that's going to get a positive grade from me. And and I just thought the best joke were the two running jokes about the Secret Service wrestling the Buick and his own thumb, which... Apparently, President Ford was shocked because he thought his thumb was in his pocket with the rest of his fingers. <laughs> uh, that gets a plus grade. And that brings us to, really, the highlight of the entire episode. The highlight of the entire episode was the remote that they threw to from Weekend Update, which was Paul Simon versus Connie Hawkins. And they even had Marv Albert there to talk about a one-on-one basketball game. And let me tell you, this was hilarious. This absolutely is going to get a positive grade from me. When it started, I wasn't really sure what to make of it. But man, these pregame interviews totally delivered deadpan. And I love that kind of humor. I, I think about the Zuckerbergs and those those guys were the, or not the Zuckerbergs, the Zucker brothers. Hello. The Zucker brothers and how like an airplane, it's funny because they're just delivering everything dead serious in a deadpan manner, even though what they're saying is ridiculous. And it was no different here in this sketch. Paul Simon gets interviewed by Marv Albert first, and he's asking him questions about like, oh, why is your number 0.02? And dead serious, Paul's just like, well, you know, that's always been my number, you know, ever since uh, ever since grade school. And so uh, I'm going to stick with that. And, you know, it's not it's not Connie's number. And I, I don't think there'll be any confusion between us. <laughs> <laughs> to say nothing of the fact that <laughs> Paul Simon is white and about two feet shorter than Connie Hawkins. I don't think their numbers are going to confuse them, right? <laughs> Which Paul, again, leans into. The, he, Marv asks him to break down the game like it's an actual one-on-one game. And he says, well, I got to tell you, you know, I think I think height's going to be a factor. But uh, I think it's important that I just stay with my strengths which is, you know, singing and songwriting. And so it's, I don't know how much that's going to necessarily help me here. And it's just classic stuff uh, from Paul. I I think, if anything, this proves he should have been used more than just doing his songs. He performed great in this sketch, and he has some chops. Uh, I think it's, I think, I think he it was a missed opportunity again by Coach Michaels. And then Connie Hawkins comes up and gets interviewed by, by Marv Albert and, uh, you know, again, delivers a great pregame interview, right? Talks about how, you know, yeah, I know he's short and, and weak and not very strong, but, I, you know, he's very savvy, and I heard he's the best uh, in the schoolyard. So, you know, I had to challenge him because I'm, I thought I was the best in the schoolyard. And, you know, it's playing out like an actual pregame interview. But the I think the highlight of the entire sketch, obviously, 
even more so than the joke itself landing, which is that Paul Simon absolutely dismantles Connie Hawkins, which is hilarious. But the best joke, and Connie Hawkins' timing is perfect here. We'll let you listen to it. But he, but Marv asks him, is there a chance that Paul Simon's going to get hurt in this game? And then with perfect timing, there's a beat, and Connie just says, yes. Here it is. Any particular strategy that you have planned? Well, if I understand that he's uh, really not that heavy and he's not that uh, strong and he's probably short, but I think he has a lot of savvy and a lot of chutzpah. Is there a chance that Paul might get hurt out here on the basketball court? Yes. <laughs> I love it. That is absolutely getting a positive grade for me. The One of the only redeeming things uh, in this second episode. So uh, normally now we talk about the, the overall performance of the host, but I got to say, we only have that one sketch to go on and I already kind of touched on it. So overall, I think Paul Simon uh, did great in the one sketch he was in. Obviously I gave him a base hit there. Um, so he was batting a thousand, but he only really got one crack at it. Uh, I know he technically was in the bees were cut, but I'll just give him a walk there. He delivered his lines and, Yep, the whole thing scored, so he got on base, but not really anything special that he did there. Uh, so overall, good, but I really would have liked to have seen more from him. You know, and from the cast standpoint, uh, really there were only three cast members that got at bats, right? Uh, John and Dan in the uh, the bees were cut, uh, and Chevy got a couple of plate appearances. I didn't give him, I gave him a walk for the early one. I mean, he had a great pratfall in the monologue, but. Uh, you know, it was almost like we got to do something, throw Chevy out there. It's not his fault. So I, I put him on base, but I didn't give him a hit. So we'll just say that was a walk for him too as well. So in his other plate appearance, which is weekend update, I gave him a hit. So so John, Dan, and Chevy all went one for one in their one at bat. Uh, nobody else got a crack to even swing the bat. So, you know, it bumps up their average. You know, John is uh, John and Chevy uh, now batting 833 and 750. Five out of six and three out of four, respectively. So their average creeps up a little bit. Dan uh, still batting a thousand after batting two for two last week. He's one for one, so he's three for three now. Uh, not as many plate appearances as John or Chevy, but he's doing a lot with what he's got. So I'd like to see some more opportunities next week for the rest of the cast. And uh, you know, I did give John. I think I mentioned earlier another save. Uh, so John gets his first save of the season as well. Uh, for the bees were cut with his hilarious, okay, from uh, channeled from his frustration there. So good job for the people that got a shot, but just not enough overall. But that doesn't mean we're not going to hand out some awards. So let's get to our game day awards. Now, normally, we would start out with our plays of the game, our top three plays of the game. But since there were only three plays in the game, basically we're not going to give out plays of the game. I think you guys know um, the interview, the remote and the basketball game with Paul Simon and Connie Hawkins would probably win all three. Um, So we're just going to, you know, forgo that category for this week. And uh, you can thank coach Michaels for us not having any plays of the game. We are going to hand out our coveted MVP award and the MVP for this episode goes to Paul Simon. Uh, not only did he dominate the entire episode by playing nine songs, well, he wasn't in all of them, I and mean, there were some other musical guests as well, but uh, 
in the one he got the biggest opportunity in the one recorded sketch and so he did the best and he's going to get the mvp that's going to go to the host paul simon for this episode and our unsung hero award uh, which we may be renaming the lorraine newman award after her getting the first one last week is that person that did a lot with a little and came in and saved the day and john is going to get the unsung hero award for the only time the cast was on stage did as much as he could with what little he was given. So it's an unsung, the first unsung hero award given to John Belushi. Uh, and then we're going to go to best sketch and worst sketch. And I think you guys could probably guess these two without me having to say anything, but the best sketch of the night was Paul Simon versus Connie Hawkins. Of course, that's going to win best sketch. Unfortunately, it's not easy to find, so hopefully you've got Peacock. You can get on there and watch episode two uh, and check out this sketch, Paul Simon versus Connie Hawkins in the second half. Uh, it's actually not. It's in the first half. 15 minutes into the episode is when Weekend Update happens. That's really early for a Weekend Update. So 15 minutes in, check out that sketch between Paul Simon and Connie Hawkins. And then our worst sketch. I think this they've won two weeks in a row now. And any more, and we're going to rename the worst sketch award of the night to the Muppets award, which really would break my heart because I love the Muppets. But the land of Gorch was again, the worst sketch of the evening. And I'm just overall annoyed and completely flabbergasted that they would give so much time to the Muppets instead of their own cast of primetime players. It really was just a huge, huge swing and a miss from coach michaels on that one and so when we boil that all down we look at all of the grades the positives the negatives from the live sketches the pre-recorded sketches the monologue weekend update all of that we put it all together we had to determine was this a win and since we had uh essentially four negative grades from graffiti land of gorch pacemaker and monologue all got minus ones i gave a plus one to bees were cut Albert Brooks' home videos, uh, Weekend Update, the anchor jokes, and for the remote. So it ended up at a total wash of zero, uh, which in and of itself would already not be enough for a win. But I'm also just going to do the executive decision and give it another overall minus two uh, on a coaching decision and just put this episode at a minus two overall, which means that this was the first loss of the season for Saturday Night Live. So as strong as they came out of the gate, they came back as week in week two, and so they start the season one and one and uh, look to regroup next week. Next week we got Rob Reiner coming in to host the program, and you know he's a director, he's a writer, he's an actor, and so hopefully uh, they can get him more involved after George Carlin not appearing in any sketches and now Paul Simon just appearing in one. I really hope Rob gets in there. Uh, and, and really shows what he's got and hopefully contributes in the writing room as well because I think he's an asset as far as that goes. So now I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the fans. So we're going to go to some callers here uh, and just hear what you thought about episode two and uh, and whether you thought whether you thought the same way I thought about what Coach Michaels was thinking here. So uh, you're on the air, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, Mike from Schiller Park, and you know, and I just gotta say, I'm mad. Okay, I'm real mad. I, you know, I, I bought these tickets. I bring my kids. I was excited after the first game, so we go all the way to New York to watch this. And then the guys, they, they don't even play. 
I, I mean, you think I would buy tickets to a Paul Simon concert on purpose? I got, I mean, I'm there look to watch some comedy. They're playing all these songs. My kids are crying. There, I had to, I had to leave the room. But one point, the guy, uh, Garfunkel or whatever his name is, starts giving us dirty looks. I don't know what's going on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I went to the wrong show, right? I go out into the hallway. I'm like, yo, no, where's the comedy show at? And they're like, no, you're it. This is here. Man, I've never been so upset in my life. I thought Coach Michaels, just, I don't know I don't know what he was thinking today. This was a terrible game and, uh, you know, just not funny at all. And, and, and the basketball game that broke out halfway through, uh, I, I really I really thought that was bad. I You know, Connie should have just played him in the low post. I mean, just stay down in the middle, grab the rebounds, back him down to the hoop every time you could put it in. Uh, he had no business losing to that guy, so I, I was really disappointed in his game the whole time, and uh, and overall just thought it was bad. So I don't know. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Yeah. No. I uh, thanks for calling, Mike. I totally get your frustration. Uh, just wasn't a, a good game all around. I, I'm sorry that you guys uh, spent all that money to go to a Paul Simon concert, a surprise Paul Simon concert. But uh, you know what can you do? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you go somewhere you think is going to be fun. And it ends up Paul Simon's playing a concert, right? And you just got to get on with the rest of your life, man. So hopefully next week will be better. So well, with that, we'll leave you guys. We uh, hope you'll join us next week after we review the Rob Reiner episode. You can catch us. If you watch it on Peacock, that's where they're all available right now. And then afterwards, you can catch the post-game show right here on whatever program you catch your podcasts we're going to be here with you. Thank you for listening to the SNL Post Game Show. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SNL Post Game, or you can send us an email if you didn't get through on the phone lines and you want to give some feedback on the episode. Uh, send us an email at uh, SNL Post Game at gmail.com uh, and we'll get back to you. And we appreciate you listening. And in the meantime, take care of yourself. Have a great night.